as entrepreneurs, we don't want to just grow our business. We want to grow it exponentially. I have a remarkable individual that's joining us, and he's going to share the insights that he's learned over the last 20 years. 20 years of leading startups and high-growth companies and making a huge difference, whether they're private to public to selling them to you know, big buyers. But he's had a chance to reinvent himself and create an unbelievable, remarkable business. And I want him to share what he's doing so you can do it in your business as well. I'm John Bowen. We're at AES Nation. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Christian, I am so happy to have you join us here at AES Nation. Uh, you are a remarkable individual doing amazing things. I had a Thanks. chance to meet last year and... Uh, I'm so happy that you could share them with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, one of the things, we're both in high-tech centers. I'm down in Silicon Valley, which I know you're down a lot, and you're up in Vancouver. Uh -huh. You know, we're using technology that doesn't cost anything, really, Skype. And you are building a new company with partners uh, that is uh, pretty remarkable in how you're doing it and what you're doing. And I want you to share those because... There's a lot of lessons uh, I've learned by spending a lot of money that you're just doing. <laughs> and I want our fellow entrepreneurs who are watching us on the video podcast or listening to us to go out and actually do these things because it's going to help them accelerate their success. But before we go to kind of the lessons learned, what, you know, give me a little bit of background of you know, you know, how did you get to being this uh, super successful entrepreneur? Well, that's a that's a good question with a, a long answer. I think that the you know originally twenty years ago, I just quickly realized, like many entrepreneurs, that I didn't really like the idea of having a job and a boss. And through a process of elimination, I kind of realized I'm either going to be homeless or an entrepreneur, and <laughs> prefer the entrepreneur route. And you know, I've done f four startups um, over twenty two years, um, th three of which were went public or had exits, and now I'm on my fourth. With HeroX, and um, you know, I'm just totally in love with 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 creating businesses. I just really love doing it. I love doing it in disruptive marketplaces. And what I what I learned is that I'm really good at at you know creating a business, but not running a business. So my job is to kind of get it from zero to one, and then bring in great, amazing management that can run the business from there. You know, it's interesting how the, the world has changed. Many of us as entrepreneurs found out we just can't get a job. So, I mean, we've got, we have no choice. We have to do this. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the thing that I like, uh, Christian, is that, you know, you've learned so much along the way uh, just on how to put a company together to start up. And these are lessons that translate. I don't care whether you're in startup mode, somebody watching us, or, you know, more likely you've got a company that you're doing really well, but you want to grow it exponentially. And these same things are so important. Uh, but the, the other part is the recognizing kind of our strengths and, and weaknesses and what you're good at is really launching and getting that off. And then you surround yourself with some extremely good talent. So why, why don't we dive into 
kind of what you're doing now so that we can set the framework and go over some of the drivers of success in this early stage as you're putting the startup together. Uh -huh. uh, what is it that you're doing? Right. So, um, so after I sold my last business um, to Dell Computers, I went on a sabbatical and I ended up meeting Peter Diamandis, who probably many of your, um, your listeners uh, have. Well, and if of. they haven't, they should go ahead on the website. And I interviewed Peter. And Peter's done a number of webinars. I'm in a mastermind group is where we met together. Mm -hmm. So very creative guy. But you're, you're, you're not only taking the creative, but you're executing too. So Exactly. So I met him and he, you know, he learned a little bit about my background. He was like, well, I've got a project I want to talk to you about. And the project he wanted to talk to me about was the idea of creating a, an internet um, platform spin-off of the XPRIZE Foundation. So the XPRIZE Foundation is an organization, nonprofit organization that uses incentive prizes to solve the world's uh, biggest challenges. And they've got over $60 million of prizes that they've launched. And they've, they've made some amazing innovations occur, including open up, opening up space for entrepreneurs. That was done by teams pursuing a prize. And so what Peter realized was that all of these people were coming to him wanting to launch prizes and um, he had to turn them down because they can only do you know, two to three prizes a year. So, um, so he wanted to create a platform and that became HeroX and he asked me to join him as co-founder and CEO and uh, joined, in, joined him in early 2013. And we created HeroX, and we're basically a platform that lets anybody launch a prize to create a breakthrough to solve any problem that they want to solve. And we've got an amazing pipeline of prizes that we're, we've launched this year, and we're going to launch about three times more next year. Yeah, no, this is, so this is one of the areas that when I first met Peter, I was just so blown away with uh, Christian that, you know, on the X Prize, he was sharing the story of how much you know, really, I think the, uh, I'm forgetting the sponsor now of the, uh, uh, the space one. And sorry, the and sorry. X prize. Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, was it a 10 or $20 million prize? It was a $10 million prize. Yeah. $10 million prize. The part that really blow me away and maybe you could share, cause as we set the stage of the company, sure. um, one of the things that, you know, a $10 million prize, well, you would think nobody in their right mind would spend over 10 million. And that wasn't the case. I mean, it was a absolutely multiple, maybe a little bit of, you know, yeah. how, how many people competed and how much money was spent to, you know, solve this challenge? Because, I mean, no, no one had had privately owned spacecrafts at that time. Well, not only that, but when he announced that prize, it was actually um, against the law to fly anything into space as a private organization or a private citizen. So that prize actually drove legislative change. 23 teams ended up building um, uh, prototype um, spaceships, and they collectively spent about $120 million chasing after this $10 million prize. The winning team was backed by Paul Allen, um, who just loved the idea of, of creating a private spacecraft. And he invested $25 million into the team that ended up winning the prize. So. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I like to say when, when we do our presentations, you know, I say that there's you know, two fundamental human um, needs that we feed off of. One is competition. I mean, you only have to look at public sports to see how wired we are to love competition. And the other one's cooperation. 
And it's a funny thing that when you can lock those two things into a single uh, model and incentive prizes do that, human beings are just, they just really want to do it. And then the data proves that that's true. Well, and, and, and it does. So now you've got a company that you guys have launched and you're kind of, a, you know, I want to call it a soft launch now and you're, you're expanding it and you're testing out. And one of the things I wanted you to share is, you know, how private companies can use incentive uh, and, and prizes uh you know, this competition because i think it's it's not being used anywhere near what it should be used in the private uh -huh. sector uh -huh. i mean geez, you know how many of us would like to be able to marshal that many people trying to solve a challenge uh -huh. and that that much in resources you know for a fraction of the cost i mean that that's pretty exciting but not only do I want to focus on that, which I think should be interesting for all of us as entrepreneurs, and some of us are going to be able to use it right away. But what, what was really remarkable, I think, about Christian and Peter coming together is they had a clean sheet. And they could go ahead and start a new company knowing what they know now. And while many of us don't want to go out and start a new company, Boy, there's a lot of lessons we can learn to accelerate our success. So maybe, Christian, let's start on kind of the, the big driver is how, how can private companies, private individuals, um, you know, I mean, you know XPRIZE has really been for public, you know, not-for-profit. This is a for-profit entity. Uh -huh. um, how does that, how can that be leveraged? Well, the, the thing to realize is that, you know, before... Before something's a breakthrough, it's a crazy idea. And um, the rate of change in the marketplace is accelerating. You know, most people have known that, have, have seen that. It's, it's pretty obvious. And the need for innovation is higher than it's ever been. And it's really hard to get that kind of innovation to occur inside your company because most successful organizations become risk, risk management organizations. They focus on consistency and execution. And crazy ideas don't make it off the agenda. And yet crazy ideas are the, are the source of innovation. So, you know, the problem that many organizations have, and many of them are our are, are clients um, and we're talking to them, um, they're like, how do, we, how do we innovate? And the answer is that you go reach out to the crowd. And the beauty of an incentive competition is you only pay for success. So you set the guidelines, like the Ansari X Prize is a great example. It's $10 million for somebody who gets a, a reusable spacecraft to 100 kilometers and tests it um, twice in two weeks. And if you do those things, you, you get the money. And if you don't do the things, you don't get anything. And so it's an extremely safe way for you to invest in innovation because you only pay for success. And it wasn't an overnight success, if I remember correctly. It took a... Uh, a few or several years, actually, for it to come together, didn't it? That's right. Yeah, I think it took seven years um, from when it was announced to um, to it being awarded. So, I mean, I love this model of boy, if I can use crowdsourcing, you know, you know, this crowd, and particularly what you know, you and I have talked about this in the past is, you know, it's not only inside the company; it's inside our our industry. We get so enamored with what we're doing, and we don't want to take risk, and we don't uh -huh. look outside. And oftentimes, some of the most innovative uh, people are coming from outside—not only outside our company, but outside our industry. Exactly. And, and coming up with solutions, and you know, 
boy, when you, I mean, this is what I love about the internet and technology is it's the great facilitator, enabler. It's able to get this message out. And boy, we got to, you know, something about the human race. We are competitive. <laughs> Absolutely. We love it. You're absolutely right. And, you know, so we've got prizes as small as $10,000 and all the way up to a million dollars live on our site right now. And the response that we've gotten from the crowd has been incredible. We're getting hundreds of people signing up to compete to win these prizes. And it's amazing. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll mention that in the December um, edition of the Harvard Business Review, there's an article called New Power. And basically, it talks about new power being the crowd and old power being these um, you know, established organizations like government and corporations. And it talks a, a, exactly about what we're doing at Hero at Hero X, which is providing a conduit for people to tap into the 7 billion people on this planet that you can access via the Internet to solve your problems. And that's you know super exciting for well, us. And I'm going to come back to that. We'll talk about resources. I'm going to ask them... To you know, you to share how they can get more information about you, Christian, mm -hmm. and what you guys are doing in the company and so on. But what I'd like to do is now take a, a step back and really go to, you know, you're building a great company, okay? You got this clean sheet of paper, and what are some of the new things that you're doing that you wouldn't have considered doing when, you know, certainly 20 years ago or maybe mm -hmm. 10 years ago that our fellow entrepreneurs can leverage today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, one of them, so one of them is when the day we started, uh, basically it was me and one other employee that I inherited from XPRIZE, and in fact, uh, a co our third co-founder, Emily Fowler. And, um, and basically, we had a clean slate, like you said. And one of the things that we decided to do was we were going to go virtual right from the beginning. And, you know, this was an insight I, I had from my third company that we started moving to the virtual world. And what I realized was that if you want to recruit within commuting distance of a point on the map, you limit yourself to one-tenth of one percent of the population of the planet. And if you're willing to recruit anywhere, you just increased your talent pool by, by um, a, a thousand-fold. And that allows you to be very targeted with your hiring and really chase after people that you know, are in what Dan Sullivan calls their unique ability. And so we're creating a unique ability organization right from the get-go. And we've got uh, 12 people in eight cities right now, and we're completely virtual. Um, so that's, a, that's been a big thing. And, you know, in the, when we first launched, a lot of our, um, our investors and the kind of venture cops we were talking to were like, that will never work. It won't work. It's a mistake. <laughs> you need to be all in the same room. You need to be eating pizza together. Uh, but I've really, you know, been really excited by the results that we've had. Christian, as you know, I have a virtual company too, and I did it because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to build, so I didn't want to create the structure. And I did have, I sat down with my venture capital friends and I was telling them the business I was thinking about growing and they go, don't do it that way. You gotta get together. You know, I, I have found, I mean, so much value out of the virtual side and and it's not a cost savings i think a lot of people make the mistake and think it's going to save money it's not it's it's to find the best talent and there's yeah. another additional benefit that i've found is these people love you know if you're a lot you find the best talent you're aligned with the vision the mission so on 
then they are so appreciative that they don't have to do the normal corporate type structure. So, uh -huh. boy, I mean, you know, think of as leaders, all of us here, our fellow entrepreneurs who are watching or listening to us. I mean, boy, what an opportunity. You can, you can find the most talented people in the world, or if you want to talk to them regularly in reasonable time zones, uh -huh. and uh, they will be so appreciative if they're aligned. So, Christian, what else have you found? I mean, you know, this virtual stuff, you and I are totally in agreement. We're, you know, incentive prizes, uh -huh. that's working for you. Virtual uh, teams, uh, what else? Well, so let, let, me, let me riff off the virtual thing a little bit more. Um, so the thing that I realized with, with virtual teams is it, it lets you find these people that, are, that have, you know, their batteries included. You know, they're self-driven, they're self-motivated, they're extremely ambitious, and they, they're attracted to an organization that provides, you know, unlimited potential and freedom and their ability to basically almost be a free agent, but be a member of a tribe. And that free agent and member of a tribe theme resonates unbelievably with the millennial generation, I think, which is a highly misunderstood generation by older people, um, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. Not looking at me when you say <laughs> no, that. No. I'm no, a Gen Xer. So. Well, and I'm 59, and I'm pretty close to the average age of successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. That, you know, I have businesses over five million, and so you know, this is something. As a matter of fact, let's talk about it a little bit more because you know, there's a one of the things we talk about diversity. You know, on our boards and our senior teams. And then, you know, we also think about bringing up, you know, youngsters, uh -huh. <laughs> youngsters, Generation X and Y and so on up. And, you know, we're, you know, they're, they're not as motivated on average with money. And then, you know, uh -huh. using money to buy behavior just doesn't seem to work like it did in the old days. Uh -huh. uh, we've got to create an environment for them that resonates. And, you know, how do you see, you know, companies doing that most successfully? Well, you're absolutely right. So, you know, you have to, like we, like, you know, we've created a set of core values um, and we're looking for people that are com compatible with that. And we're looking for people who want, like, w like we're an organization that's driven by want. So the first thing I want to really understand from somebody who may or may work with us is what do they want? Like, what do they want in their life? And that's got to be aligned. Because I'm not interested in working with people that are here to collect a paycheck. I'm interested in looking for people that are that see their future success closely aligned to what we're doing here at Hero X. And that may only be for a couple of quarters or a couple of years, or maybe for a lot longer. But that alignment and that want has to be there. So we always talk about that. Um, and I always, you know, talk to people that, you know, if you're not loving what you're doing at Hero X, then, you know, you need to go. Like, you need to, like, you just tell me you're not loving it and we'll, you know, we'll help you find what you love. But we're an organization that is committed to people staying in their unique ability and doing what they love. And I think that's essential to any virtual organization. And, you know, let me just say a quick shout out to what an office is. An office is where people hide. You know, an office is where they sit in a cubicle and they hide. I don't think, I'm not a believer in the fact that because I can supervise their physical presence, that that in any way um, impacts their performance. I believe that um, I've seen, you know, 
employees that, you know, can spend a whole day at work and accomplish absolutely nothing. In fact, I work with people that have created negative value for the organization. You know those, you know those employees that send all those long emails that are like multiple <laughs> paragraphs long and it like it starts creating a lot of other long emails. You know, that's like negative value. No, I I, I totally agree. I mean I, I love how you've done the core value and aligned that because you know it it is really one of the things when we interview people, we don't ask uh what do you want when you grow up type thing, you know, and, and make sure they're aligned. And, and this becomes easier to do. You know, you don't have to be a virtual company. Uh, you can be a brick and mortar company, but you can have virtual employees, you can have virtual contractors. And once you start making, you know, the, the world, you know, these 7 billion people out there, you know, part of your talent pool, and that you can be a lot more selective. Uh, you know, I, I've always found exactly. the, the value to, when you have the traditional employees, I always felt like I had to. I mean, I've had up to 400 employees and I had to find work for them. I mean, I mean I'm writing, you know, a big check every month, you know, the big nut and we got to find things. What I love about, you know, these, you know, kind of virtual freelance is they're really creating a bigger pie. They're aligned. They want to create a bigger pie. They know they're going to get you know, a fair and equitable slice out of this whole thing. And that makes a huge difference. Totally. We, we break our, our resources into three categories. So we have our first category is what we call our core team. And that's the team where you know, they, they're, um, they've got stock option compensation plans. They're traditionally employed uh, for the most part. Um, they're part of our core team. They're the they're the entrepreneurial engine that's driving everything, and we want to keep that team as small and tight knit as possible. Then next we've got the operational team, and that's where we're really relying on uh, freelancers and contractors that we're going to build a you know a relatively long term relationship with. Uh, maybe it's quarter over quarter, maybe it's annually, but it's you know that's the operational team. Mm -hmm. And then we've got the outer team. And the outer team is where we're really leveraging crowdsourcing, um, outsourcing, um, and alternative methods of, of employment. And we're getting a lot of work done there. And so the whole idea is to create a, an organization where the core team is setting strategy and they're driving execution um, based on key performance indicators. They're driving that out to the operational team. The operational team is doing the uh, operating the systems. So one of the things we say at HeroX is you, know, you don't manage people, you manage systems. And if something's a frustration, I think this is a, um, a Michael Gerber quote, but if, if there's a frustration in a business, it's a missing system. So we manage everything through systems. What we like to say is if it's, if it's not a system and it's not measured, it didn't happen. You can't get credit for it. So people can't, sales guy can't come to me and go, oh, look, I closed this amazing deal. Uh, I'm like, well, you know, how did the system perform? How did the measurements measure? That's what we're interested in because that's what's scalable and that's what's outsourceable. Yeah, we want repeatable experiences uh, on these things. And yeah, I, I, I have a similar structure. I haven't said it as eloquently as you, Christian. But let me, let me go and take it. Let's dive a little deeper because you know, one of the key drivers for both of our successes uh, is our ability to outsource. Uh -huh. And so many entrepreneurs who have been doing it a while, you know, they're, they're this is kind of a, a different structure, if you will. Of uh -huh. How do they go about outsourcing? And, you know, I mean, as entrepreneurs, everybody thinks we're you know, high risk takers. We're not. We want to minimize risk as much as possible. And then having a whole bunch of new people we don't know, really, that we can't control and uh -huh. all this stuff. How do you make that work? 
Yeah, that's a very good question. So basically, we we follow. Um, um, I don't know if you've if you've interviewed Ari Mizell. Yeah, Ari is actually a very good friend. And he's you can Google or not Google, you can Google him and see. Wrote a, a great book, I think. The Art of Doing le- or the, yeah. uh, Less Doing is his blog. Yeah, le- less doing, more living. Yeah, and hey. you know, I read that book, and it's I literally was like, we've been doing this. Like most of, I mean, he's got like. Don't get me wrong. It's a great book, and there's lots of great insights, and I learned a lot from it. And his book is required reading for all of our staff. Um, but unbeknownst to me, his model of um, of optimize, automate, outsource is is what I've been doing as an entrepreneur for quite a while, and it's kind of core to the to the um, model of Hero X. And the basic idea is the first step is you have to create a system. It can't be in your head. And you have to create a team that gets good at um, getting stuff out of their head and following a system, even if the system's just a checklist. So every meeting we run, every client event, everything, we we have a wiki where we have our systems and Mm -hmm. they're documented. Every time that system is executed, we put a comment in in the bottom of the wiki. So every page has a comment section and we put the top three improvements that we could make. So the way we do that is we run what, what we call a continual improvement process where like every client presentation, there's a 15-minute debrief after where the team that did the presentation goes, okay, what, what are the three improvements that we can make? You know, And maybe it's we didn't communicate very well or maybe the agenda wasn't followed or, what, or maybe there's a missing agenda item. And then we capture those and we just rinse, lather, repeat. And what I've learned is that um, if you can get a team that's got the courage to do that, and even if they start with a really crappy, like let's say a client presentation, even if they start with a really crappy client presentation, it only takes a remarkable, remarkably few number of iterations to go from a crappy client presentation to an amazing client presentation uh, by just going out and presenting. Like you could do five or six cycles with a client, with clients or prospects. And as long as you continually improve it, all you need is three improvements per iteration. And I guarantee you, after five or six iterations, what you do will start looking magical to your clients. The power of market feedback is just amazing. <laughs> and you know, in many cases, we all choose to ignore it. And by using the power of the, our internal teams, you know, and using your vernacular, the core team, we can quickly you know, get that. And then um, what I love, and I think you're doing this too, is I love reaching the outside, you know, some of my outsource people to really improve, you know, they're experts at one real niche. I don't have the use for them that I, you know, I could fully employ them or even have them a member of our core team or operational team, but they've got some unique insights uh, they can do, or they're, you know, many of the things Ari talks about, Ari Mizell, you know, they just so inexpensive to kind of, um, you know, let them run with it type thing. I mean, is that what you're finding, Christian? Absolutely. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And so, you know, A, so there's two pieces there. First off, so as I said before, we systemize and then once we've got it working, then we can outsource it because then you can give an outsourcer, here's what needs to get done. You know, when we do research for a project, we can outsource the research because we've got a checklist, 13-step checklist that, that a researcher can follow. So now we just need somebody who's really good at researching. And they, we give them the checklist and the template, and then they can do it. 
The second piece that you're alluding to is also really important, which is reaching out to the experts and getting them to give you the system. So rather than figuring it out yourself, but you, you, you get the systems from them because they're in their unique ability. And to them, it's easy and simple and pure. And if you've got a culture of systemization, then you can create that capability as a cookie cutter that you can reuse in your organization over and over again, even if the specific freelancer that you're using shifts to another. Yeah, this, this is great. I mean, this is really good. I want to go, you, you showed me one thing as we we're just getting prepared for the call and, and it was on the, the core values and you mm -hmm. had kind of, could you articulate you know, for Hero mm -hmm. X? How, you know, it's because it's one thing when we talk about core values and uh -huh. kind of our vision and, you know, going through and identifying the team players that we're going to bring on board who are, are aligned and we're going to uh -huh. join together. But you, you've actually gone through and, uh, you know, done more than I have. Uh -huh. <laughs> I want to see it again. I want all the, sure. the uh, viewers and listeners. If you're a listener, obviously you're not going to see it, but you can go to asnation.com and you can... Uh, uh, Christian has agreed to make it available and all the show notes, everything we talk about transcripts are there as well. So Christian, why don't you, you know, um, walk us through kind of what that is and what you've done. Sure. Let me, let me set the stage real quick about it. Um, so, you know, I, 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 like I said, I've been an entrepreneur doing startups for 22 years and, and, you know, basically I've learned, you know, that you need to manage people, um, based upon a set of core values because that gives them um, the ability to make decisions on their own that are consistent with the management leadership goals and vision of the company. If, if people are aligned on core values, you can rely on them to make the right decisions without having to you know, supervise them and manage them. And so I really like the idea of a self-managing organization, as Dan Sullivan likes to call it. And I think the, you know, the, the anchor, the foundation for that is core values. So every so the way we run Hero X was the core values were something we needed to discover, because the core values really um, need to be uh, aligned with the value you're creating for your customers, right? If you have a core value that's co contrary to the value you're creating for your customers, then it's the wrong core value for your organization. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be discovered, and it needs to be discovered by your your actions and your behavior and and your customer um, delightful events. And so we created this, um, this core value. And, and so we've been doing this for, I guess, five quarters. And I guess you can see that. Fairly yeah, we well. can see that fairly well. Yeah. And so it's five, it's five um, uh, values um, with five expressions of those values. So it's 25 kind of expressions in total, five by five. And the way we built that was every quarter. So we've done this for six quarters now since we started. We go through, we reboot the company. Right, so every quarter we do our you know standard quarterly offsite type of, of session. But what we do is we reboot. So we basically everything that we've done in the past gets thrown out. All the titles get thrown out, strategies get thrown out, everything gets thrown uh, out. Zero budgeting, so you got to start all over Boom. again. Exactly, and we and we we just look at what did we accomplish, what like what results did we actually produce in reality last quarter. So in other words, what's our starting point? What have we learned? What are we proud of? And we feed that into our core values, and then we build a whole strategy for that quarter, and then we reboot the next quarter. And it's an amazing process because it frees people's minds to, um, to really look fresh and clean and new at what, how we're going to move the company forward for that next quarter. And it's a really great habit to get into. 
Now, out of that, we've every quarter we look at core values, and what we're looking at is not the words that people say, but it's the actions that that we've seen that we respect and we like, and it's and it's what we were being when we produced value and results. And 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 by the way, all of these core values are now um, something that we I look at after every meeting. So every meeting I have, um, you know, the, we're a virtual company, so it's on Google Hangout. You know, I'm looking for our our, our core values showing up. So for example, one of our core values is um, 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 be happy and have fun, right? So mm-hmm. we want to see that people are having fun um, in meetings and that we're creating fun with clients. And you know it's kind of core to our product because you know we're creating uh, contests, right? We're creating competitions. If it's not, and we're not paying people to do it, so if it's not fun, you yeah, know, I mean, if it's boring and dull, it ain't gonna work. I'm pretty it's sure. Work, right? <laughs> so exactly right. So that's you know there, and you know another one is courage precedes growth, right? And so we want to see courage show up because we're taking on some pretty courageous things, and and it takes courage to sign up for a a, a challenge. And try to win a prize. You know, you need courage to do that. Well, so. you need courage when you don't know what the solution is, and you go and do it anyways, and you exactly. start on that journey, and that's that's a big deal. Exactly. So I really, honestly believe, and I, I think you know this is critical for a virtual team um, that you're aligned on values, and that your people are really living those values, because then, like I said, their batteries installed, and you can just you can just rely on them. Um, and focus on strategy and know that things are being done right. Um, but I also think it's equally true and important for a traditional organization because, again, I don't think that you want to have people that are just showing up for paychecks. I think you want people who are you know, really aligned with you on the dream and vision. Of the no, I, I think this is even more important for uh, brick and mortar. Uh, you know, and a lot of this happens because of virtual, but you can now, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast Christian is because I think these are applicable across all companies and it's so easy. It's easier to ignore them when you're not a virtual company. I don't think you have a choice as a virtual company. You know, if you have no alignment, you don't, you know, you're looking for a self-managed company, but nobody's aligned in a direction. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. Uh, But in in a brick and mortar, you can. Now um, let me go to a segment here. Uh Let's go to this segment, Christian. Book of the day. And Christian, what would be, you know, what do you want, what's the book that you want to share with your fellow entrepreneurs? Sure. Well, I tell you, one of the most important ones, I've actually got it right here, which is Multipliers by Liz Wiseman and Greg McCohen. And, you know, this is a book that's required reading for anybody on my team that's managing people. And it really creates a framework for how to be, um, in the book's terms, a multiplier versus a diminisher. Well, I will go ahead and download that. I'm embarrassed. I had not even heard that book, but I like, love the title, How the Best Leaders Make Even Smarter. Let me just put it up on the screen on Amazon, uh-huh. and uh, you can see it's got uh, great reviews and everything else. Let's, uh, let's go to the next segment, which you know, you, I know you travel a bit because you and I have not seen each other in an office since neither of us have offices, uh-huh. so, so we're you know different meetings. And the next one is the app of the day application of the day uh, on your smartphone what would you want to share with your fellow entrepreneurs well that's easy so in at HeroX we ban email so no email is allowed to be used between team members if you can believe that I know 
Um, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm listening. I did. Yeah, you know, we didn't talk about this in a pre-interview, so I don't. I don't know what this is, but I, I can. We use a bunch of tools, but I have not banned email, and I do get a lot of email from my team members, so I'm listening. Christian, yeah, what do you so have? We, so we ban email. So the app that we use is called Slack. S L A C K. Um, and basically, it's a platform that creates almost like your own kind of Twitter space with a whole bunch of extra features like creating channels and attachments. And it works on your phone and your computer. And it's completely replaced um, email for us. And it's transformed our ability to collaborate and be hyper effective. Because I don't know if you've known, noticed this, but email is like the cancer organizations. So I'm going to put it up on the screen here. Uh, and it's slack, S-L-A-C-K dot com, as uh, Christian said. Um, tell me why you, what's different about this? Well, so it's, so basically it's two-way communication and the emphasis is on open channels. So for example, we have a product channel. And if you need to talk to somebody in, in about product, you, you talk to them in the product channel. And that creates an environment where everybody else gets to see what's going on. So you create a transparent culture and a transparent environment. Um, also, all the messages are searchable. So I can go and search for a client name and find out that one of my um, client support persons was talking to our product guys about a feature. And I know that um, because it's all searchable. So it, it really just transforms the 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 way that we collaborate and it's open it's real time it's two way versus email which is none of okay those well things. i definitely will take a look at that christian thank you let me go to the next segment and this is resources and, and at HeroX, you know i promised earlier that i would bring it back here you know i'm sure some of the uh uh viewers and listeners want to know how they can get involved i know you and i are talking about you're giving me some coaching on how I can use prizes as well because I love this and it's you know we want to find the right solution how how can our viewers and listeners find those yeah it's real simple so the so you know first off just come to herox.com and I'm gonna just pull it up I might just pull it up on the screen and it's going through the animation showing Peter and ImageX challenge and all this and you know so what where are they going on this to to get started so you can just you can create your challenge. You can click on create a challenge, and you can go there and create a challenge. You can ask. You can there's a link there that you can ask for help. The here's the way um, you know, and, and you can just reach out to me. I'm c at herowax.com. I'd love to chat with any entrepreneur about um, the problems that they're facing. You know, basically what we do. Um, you know, we're in soft launch mode right now, so we're hands on with every one of our clients. Is we're basically go and say, well, tell me about the problems that your company's facing. The opportunities that you, if you had, you know, a magic wand and you could transform a part of your business and it would fundamentally change the dynamics of your business. Let's talk about those. Because this is about, you know, the question is, do you think that somebody out there could solve your problem? And mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs are like, I'm, you know, my team does not know how to solve this problem. I don't know how to solve this problem, but I'm pretty sure somebody out there knows how to solve this problem. And then the next question I'd ask them is, if somebody solved that problem to you in a measured way and you could define those metrics, what would that be worth to you? And many entrepreneurs will say, man, that would be worth a million dollars to me. And I said, okay, so would you be willing to put a $50,000 prize 
or $100,000 prize, if I could guarantee you the guidelines, the criteria that would need to be met would be worth a million dollars to you? And they usually say, yeah. yeah. I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it, Krista. <laughs> and it's really that simple. That's the math. That's how it works. And we've, like I said, we've, we've been reaching out and we've got an amazing pipeline of, of prizes we're going to be launching um, uh, early next year when we hard launch. And you know, we've done a, a half dozen um, beta test prizes and they've all gone extremely well. One of our first clients did a $50,000 prize for a new software feature. Um, and that was so great that they're now doing an annual $50,000 prize targeted at innovation around their product. So, uh, you know, this stuff is really works and it's really amazing because you only pay for the results. Yeah, this is great. Christian, let me uh, walk through the, our fellow entrepreneurs, my takeaways. So when I, I look at my notes, I got a whole bunch of notes and I've known Christian for a while now and, and we've had a number of conversations. I learn every single time. Number one, I want to just go back to the reason uh, Christian and Peter started HeroX is, you know, incentives work. We're competitive by nature, certainly entrepreneurs. There's 7 billion people. You can't talk to all of them at once. You can have them, though, those who are interested, you, can, you know, they've created a platform. You know, you can do it on your own. You can use their platforms, however you're going to do it. But really consider incentive prizes. Do things differently, you know, to get... You know, this exponential growth, be even better at what you're doing. You, know, you need help. And there's somebody out there that can give you, you know, that one element you're looking for. Uh -huh. Second thing is virtual teams. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine a much more compelling conversation than Christian shared with us on virtual teams. I mean, talent all over the world. He segmented into the different team. I'm looking core operational and outer team. And so that I'd put in number two. Number one, incentive prizes, competition. Number two is virtual teams. And number three is outsourcing. There are just so many uh, people out there competing for those one thing that you need, and they're really good at it, and it's so cost-effective to do. You know, use leverage technology to get results for your clients. I mean, your clients... Your future clients, they're all counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.